I'm delighted to welcome to the show today the very lovely Susie Wellstead from Leicester in Leicestershire in England and you're a well-being coach and an author Susie. Yes, yes Elaine. Hi, thank you for having me. Most welcome. So um, I've interviewed quite a lot of well-being coaches and um, what, what's your kind of key specialism in this area? Oh, emotions. Talk to me about emotions and I'll have you there all day. I'm just really passionate about people and emotions. And I think you go through stuff in your own life, which kind of paves the way for where you're going to go. And for me, it's always been emotions because I denied mine for so long. And and that's where my passion is. Okay, what kind of emotions? I mean, it's a whole bag isn't it oh yes yeah well you know I yeah I don't like to label right but if we think about the main ones like your anger your you know if you think of any stress or anxiety it's going to pick up some kind of emotion so I deal with that as well as what I do in my therapy is um I call it therapy it's very heart-centered so say you came to me with stress and you were feeling anger I take you back into your heart and bring you to your heart center so that you know what to do next time you come across it. So emotions, lots of emotions, lots of labels, but I just like to see you. <laughs> so, so when did you become a coach in this area? Uh, a good five years ago, a good five years ago. And what were you doing before you were doing the coaching? Oh, wow. That's interesting. So um, if you've never heard of me, which I guess most people haven't, (laughs) um, I made myself homeless at the age of 17. So I decided then um, I had a really traumatic background uh, and I decided I always wanted to help others. So the best thing for me was I worked in mental health for 10 years. Um, only in admin, in doctor's surgeries, but I got to learn a lot about people and emotions. And I also worked with Samaritans for eight years and uh, domestic violence for eight, um, working with um, young people as well as men, um, kids and young children, you know, from the age of five upwards. So that is my background. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about emotions. How come you left home at 17, made yourself homeless? That's, um, let's, let's unpick that. What was happening? Why did you leave home? Oh, it's... Um, our, we know what abuse is. So basically, it, since I was born, all I remember are very dark days. So we're talking about physical abuse, mental abuse and emotional abuse. And obviously, as a child, you don't realise the impact of the emotional and mental as you get older. So for me, I was just fed up to the point of, I'm 17, I'm still getting beat up by my mum, you know? And um, we'd like to think we all come from a loving family. Unfortunately, there's a lot of dysfunctional families out there, but she did the best that she could, you know? I don't know what her patterns she had. She, She never communicated much in the way of her feelings, like, we've never been showing so um for me it was like i, I can't do this no more this the, i i need to i need to i need to be me i wasn't allowed to be me as a child or i couldn't be or have anything that i wanted so i thought what was the point you know and that's um, that's the story of me making myself homeless so where did you go 
Well, to be fair, I rang a few of my friends, but because of shame and embarrassment, because it was the Asian community, they, um, I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. Now, I left home with a white satchel, a school bag, mm -hmm. and inside there was a diary, a pen and 20 pence. I don't know where I was going, but I had no logic of what or anything. So I ended up um, looking in my uh, book and there was the number for the Samaritans in there. So I must have just picked it up, seen it somewhere and got it in my book and I rang them. And fortunately for me, they kept me talking for four hours until they found me a refuge. And that's where I stayed for a good six months. There's some wonderful organisations out there to help, aren't there? Um, I remember mm. being homeless when I was, gosh, I must have been about 20. Oh, I can't think now. Anyway. Um, I've, I've also been been there and it's not a very pleasant situation. Yeah. I was a single mom at the time as well. And it's yeah. it's amazing how you find inner strength as well, isn't it? You, you, yeah. you don't necessarily have a plan, but you just follow your intuition and just go where where you just kind of you, you, you flow, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you sometimes it's like you know you've got to do it but you're just so scared because you haven't got a clue what you're going to do like you said you you know nothing's like paved out for you and you're and you're wishing that lifeline that somebody's going to save you someone's going to be there for you but no you've got to do it for you you know it's so important that you know we, we have to realize that and then you do realize on that inner strength you know that um i could talk about it today and obviously i've written about it but not in a full I think we all know because I went down the route I don't know about you um self-help books they were going crazy and I read one book and thought oh my gosh I can relate to it and then I started reading more and more and more and they're actually damaging me not making me better so uh, we have to be really mindful but uh, so mine is basically you are enough was written in 2018 but more about um a bit of motivation and inspiration to get yourself out of situations rather than uh, the, the actual trauma. You know, I probably put a couple of incidents in, but it, it wasn't about that because I, I believe we all know what being in pain and being hurt is. You know, we don't need to keep going down that route, yet this is very kind of bringing in mindfulness and self-love to carry you forward. Mm. There's an awful lot at the moment, isn't there, about self-love and... Um... People, people are out there helping everybody else, but they forget about themselves. Oh, definitely. When Been down that route. <laughs> when people come to you, um, is there a pattern, a type of person, is there a type of condition or, or situation that you, you see often? Do you know what? Mostly people get stuck in their own thinking. So it's like my ideal client or... Um, person I see is somebody that walks around in the world with a load of baggage on their shoulders but it's all the stories and the thoughts they are rehearsing because of their past life experiences you know so um, for me it, it is like that baggage because emotions are baggages and if we only knew how to let go we, we, we would be doing it because we have this natural ability to let go yet because we've not been showing and all we do is suppress or express or detach ourselves or get distracted or escape from it all. That's when we build up all that hurt and pain within, within our bodies. 
there's a lot of um uh, a lot of people who are very angry at the moment um I, I seem to be coming across people who are either very angry or almost pathetic and victim and there doesn't seem mm. to be a lot in the middle at the moment what what how do you first deal with people when you when when they come to you do you do you help them to identify their particular emotion or do you start you know um, yeah. start i'm very very fortunate because of the jobs that i've had in the past and because of my own experience i think i make people feel really welcomed in the fact of just having a cup of tea and allow what to come up in the moment not necessarily about the past, because we know the past does not matter, but it does because it's their story. But if it's not coming up in that time, let's deal with what is coming up in that time. Now, it's really great that you mentioned fear, because fear has been massive, because I'm not denying there is a virus on the planet, yet the biggest virus I see is anxiety and fear, and that's what we're creating more and more of. Now, the, the latest thing with my clients is that They've got a lot of childhood trauma that they didn't realise that they had when it comes to fear. And then they're realising that fear is now coming into today without even... You're dealing with it as a child when, in retrospect, it was never unfolded then. So I think that's the beauty of what I do, that in a conversation, we can get to that place of, okay, so what are you fearful of? And when it's anxiety and it's the thoughts, I try and get them into their bodies so they're not so much in there because I don't want them to keep activating those thoughts. I want them to be present in the now and focus on where they are and what we can do to move forward. And sometimes it's, that's the beauty of a conversation, you know, that you get so, so much hindsight when somebody actually understands your pain or is actually sitting and you can actually see that they care about what you were saying. It, that shifts huge. Mm. To me, that's the difference between coaching and mentoring. So yeah. when somebody can see and has experienced what you're going through, um, as opposed to a, a coach, as such, that's why I, I don't call myself a coach. I call myself a mentor because I've usually mm. been through whatever it is. Um, I'm in my 60s now. There's not very much I haven't been through over the years. Um, and there's always something that you can identify with with the person and which, um, you know, packaged up today, it's called empathy. So, although I'm very direct and forthright, I have empathy with the people who are asking me to help them reverse cancer or, or you know, other health conditions that yeah. I help people with. So, yeah, as you say, empathy is, is really, really um, good. So you wrote this book called You Are Enough. Yeah. So 2018, you wrote it. You, you published it then, did you? Yes, in 2018, I, I wrote it. I published it. I got it published. Um, I worked with a coach in America, and she said to me, you've got a story inside of you. And I thought, oh, gosh, okay. Uh, so I was not pushed. It was brilliant, actually. It's quick and easy. And um, it, it had to be out because we've got so many books within ourselves, and we have to have that belief and trust in ourselves to know that, just get it out there. Somebody's going to be able to relate. Somebody's going to be able to, you know, I've never been about likes or loves or people sharing your stuff. It's about you making a difference. Mm. You know, even if it's one person at the bus stop, you've got them to smile or say something. Is that not enough? You know, just the smallest of, you know, sentiments. And I always remind people about the kindness they have in their eyes. And when they talk, they smile. It's, it, and, and they, 
take these simple beauties and we take it for granted, don't we, that we have such, you know. We, we have, there's beauty all around us and within us as well, but the trouble is the world is such a fast-paced um, environment, we kind of get hurried along and we don't kind of stop and smell the roses, as, 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 as is said. So every that's day, true. I think that's one of the benefits of the nonsense that's been happening in the last year, that people have had time to sit and listen, sit and be with themselves. But equally, for some people, that has actually escalated the anxiety because of the fear factor and the constant nonsense yes. that's in the mainstream everything, which is not, you know, we, we know it's all been um, manipulated and the numbers are, are, are not what, what they say. So they've, they've uh, exacerbated the fear and people who are fearful and anxious anyway, for them, it's it's been, you know, half as, you know, double um, as, as bad as, as, as some people. And there's so much truth in what you're saying there, Elaine, because I noticed it in my husband and um, the first lockdown, yeah, you just had to take it. it, it happened. And I was doing a lot of self-care stuff at the minute, at, at that time, telling people 10 minutes, focus on yourself, it's really important. And then when the second lockdown came, I could see him getting a bit edgy and I said, switch up the news and stop watching it, right? There's no pause button, but you have the choice whether to read it and continue with it. So do yourself a favour, because now, and I mean this in the best way possible, it's brainwash society. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so you have to have a word with yourself. If something yeah. doesn't, but, the, but what you and I know is that people have stopped believing and trusting themselves because we've been following this new, um, well, we haven't, been, we've been following it for a long time, unless you are aware to do you know what I'm going to stick up for what I want and move in my direction but a lot of people still want to be and like you said it's that victim thing again isn't it putting yourself in a victim's pair of shoes instead of thinking oh my gosh I got through all of that and now I can empower mm -hmm. wow you know yeah let's shift that narrative I um I spoke to a lady a few months ago and um Part of the work I do, I've, been, I've specialised in behavioural profiling for a number of years. So I can tell from somebody's behavioural pattern what the likelihood is of them suffering from various different health conditions, mm. how confident they are, how much tension they're under, etc, uh, etc. Et so um, one lady recently, she, she's been coming to me now, well, say coming to me now, telephones and, and what have we, for three or four years. Um, she had a cancer diagnosis, so we've dealt with that. She's fine now in the cancer, but she's still got this level, of, high level of anxiety. So when I did the profile, I said, to her, "When did you decide to be anxious?" Her profile is not how she comes across. So now, by seeing her behaviour pattern and realising that she has been brainwashed, kind of thing, and she's been listening to everybody else's uh, nonsense and playing to their tune she now realizes how strong she is in her own power and she's thriving absolutely thriving yeah. so she's gone it's taken a while but it was doing the behavioral profile that was the big difference with her so I was empathizing with her on the cancer malarkey uh, got through that dealt with that no you know no, no problem she's got the all clear and now we're dealing with the anxiety stuff which isn't my area of expertise but when somebody sees how strong they are as an individual so my behavioural profile is not everybody's cup of tea. I'm, I'm very strong and resilient, straightforward, direct, uh, truth, truth, which is why I keep getting slung off of Facebook. Um, so um, I've, I've kind of come with a health warning. Um, 
if you want cuddles and cooches, I'm not the person to help you. You yeah. know, want straightforward, direct advice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, roll up. Um, but, uh, but we scare people, don't we? Because your truth outshines anything else. And I'm always, I mean, I get, oh, you, you can't like that or you can't do that. Why not? It's the truth. If somebody else has been offended by my truth, I'm sorry, that's your situation, not mine. Because yeah. I had no malice. I had no whatever when I wrote that. So if that person's being triggered, ask yourself, why am I feeling triggered? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've blocked so many people because I'm not having any negativity around me. I don't care who mm. they are, uh, how close people are to me. Um, and it's interesting, the last year we've seen a lot of worms turning, people who claim to, mm. even, even health practitioners, I've been horrified at some people who claim to be health practitioners and they're taking the vaccine. I mean, really, for goodness sake, oh, you know, horrified. So I've blocked. Well, that's another subject, isn't it? Yeah, yeah where people just, but you can't, you've got your own views. But like I said, I, even if I have a diet or anything, I never, I never ever tell other people you've got to do it. I believe what is true for me and I will follow that. Uh, and I'm not here to change your views or anything. I, I'm living it the best way possible for me. Uh, and I'm afraid that's what we've got to do because I think we live in a society where it's so easy to offend, where it's so easy to um, take everything so personal, you know. I think we seem to have lost that laughter in life that yeah. you could laugh through stuff, you know. We used to, when you look at the comedy programmes that were on years ago, I've, I've not watched television for over 20 odd years of normal mm. newspapers. Um, but I, I remember as a child, we used to have, you know, hilarious laughter at, you know, the silliest things. Now, none of those programmes could be aired because they would all be racist yes. or sexist or yes. this or that's this and we've bred a generation well we've society's bred a generation of um uh what's it called warren warren mitchell there used to be a program called till death us do part which was everything you could possibly shake a stick at it was you know it was it was racist and sexist and this and that and ageist and everything you know but that's what the humor was in those days and and People would laugh with with them, you know. There would be yeah. kinds of nationalities, and they'd be like, wouldn't be mm. laughing. People wouldn't take offence that they were being laughed at. They mm. would, you know, partake. In it. But we've lost that, as you say. We we have lost that. Yeah, but if people are getting offended and taking it personal, you know, find that strength within you to create something to stop that in others, because there must be yeah. others feeling the same. Yeah, you know. Got this great you know if you weren't so stuck in the world in the outside world what, what could you create today yeah the if power you, that you have yeah if you ignored everything you know you know that you're going to live and breathe but the thing is is you and I know I'm, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and emotional fitness purely for the fact I believe they have to be done daily but daily as um as normal because it's normal for us yet we've never been taught that so we have to practice mindfulness yeah it's it's a way of life you know same as emotional fitness it's a way of life that you know what it takes 90 seconds for this anger to disappear why am i holding on to these stories and these memories because that's what's holding all that energy that's got the biggest power over you you know what tools do you use? Or do you have any sort of techniques or is it something that you've created that helps? Yeah, so that's why I was talking about letting go because letting go is, we have this 
natural ability to let go, yet we hold on, we hang on as if we need it for dear life to, to save us. Um, so basically when I, I've been doing these classrooms online, so I get people to come with whatever emotion they're feeling in that moment. So the first thing is be aware of what that emotion is and bring it with you. Second is to allow yourself to feel the sensation. I don't want to activate your mind and your thoughts. I want you to be in your body mm. and feel that sensation. Once you get to that sensation, I want you to allow it just to be without judging it, without criticizing it. Just let it be what it is. And then just allow yourself to release whatever's coming up for you. Sometimes there's tears, sometimes there's yawning, sometimes there's you know, whatever's coming up for you, it is, it's a safe space for you to do that. There's a lot of um, benefits for letting go. Um, forgiveness, for example, a lot of people, you know, they have this kind of anger and revenge and that eats away at them. And then it builds and it builds yeah. and it builds to the point where they can't see anything. And everything is to do with revenge and, and evilness mm. and nastiness. And that, that you know, when they're finger pointing, um, people don't realise that when you're when you're pointing the finger. So if you're pointing the finger at somebody, it upsets. When I see people talking like this, you know, that's a sign that they've got issues because there's three fingers pointing back at them for for every finger that they're pointing out to other people. And as you say, it's a reflection of what it is that's triggering them. You know, and, and it's recognising that, isn't it? That that there is a trigger. Yeah, and I do believe at the minute that more and more people are becoming aware because we've never had so much time to ourselves. So it's either driving you down the uh, pitfall that you're you're ending your life. On another part, it's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. Yet people can't see that and they still, they're quite still over in England, I believe, still hold themselves back from reaching out for that support. Reaching out for help is nothing to do with pride. If you are down in the dumps, ring somebody, pick that phone up, you know, and we still don't do that. We use this text like nobody's business. No, pick the phone up, mm. use that voice. Oh, no, no, they might be busy. I'm not bothered. Pick up the phone and ask for help. And that is still one of the hardest things to do for people. We all suffer pain. We all suffer hurt. Yet, we don't know how to comfort one another. I think it's something to do with the British Reserve. You know, we were brought up going back into Victorian days. You know, I remember as, as a child... Um, you know, you, you you only speak when you're spoken to, you know, is put up, shut up, you know, get on with it, stop my yeah. you know, that, that that sort of thing. Um, so it it's it's really depends on the sort of upbringing that you've had. So today's generation or generations in between, um, say my grandchildren and, and me, um, we've kind of bred society has bred um these snowflakes. I was saying about uh, Warren Mitchell earlier on with the programme that um that, that we used to laugh at till death us be part. There's a meme that came round recently, and it was Warren Mitchell saying something like, um, uh, "Good morning, snowflake. What are you going to? What is going to upset you today? You know." And that's the kind of society we've now got. You can't say anything for fear of upsetting mm. somebody somewhere along the line. So as a result, we don't say anything, and it's going back to Victoria. I mean, we, we're going back over a hundred years now in some some ways of our life, yeah. which is not not so good. I don't think. 
if you've not used this time to grow and expand and use that awareness, you know, just to just in that alone it is amazing because that is what we are at the end of it at end of the day. And I know for a lot of people it's difficult to say that, but you are awareness. You know, I've not, as, as you know, we've not took no notes, we've not done anything. We've just come on having a great conversation because I'm allowing whatever needs to come up mm. because it's the truth. And when it's the truth, we have these beautiful conversations without this um, negativity or, you know, I'm going to push back or, or they shouldn't have done this because it's not about that. It's about putting your truth across in the best way possible. And if we, we use the mind in such a logical way of overthinking and driving ourselves crazy, when it, if we just see the pictures of the world rather than anything else, and yes, yeah, there could be sadness, there is hurt, there is that anger, like you said, but you can transform that. There's always an opposite to each one. It's if you dare yourself to go, because a lot of people don't want to go to their emotions. They'd rather, I mean, look at it at the minute, eating disorders up, suicide is up, um, binge-watching TV, porn, everything is up, 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 but nobody's taking responsibility. This self-responsibility is huge. And another thing, when you when you talk about uh, forgiveness, and I, I never mention forgiveness to my clients, to be fair. I kind of use the word acceptance because mm. it all comes down to accepting who you are and what you do, regardless of what anybody, anybody else thinks or does. Yet it takes a whole lifetime of conditioning and experience to understand, you know what? I accept myself for who mm. I am regardless yeah absolutely and, and we, we stand in our own strength awareness and acceptance I think they're two very important words um, yeah. if you can't accept yeah. unless you you are aware in the first place can you no no but something's always pushing you I always say you wake up you follow your inspiration or you follow memory the choice is yours yeah. but you can't really say it in that way because a lot of people don't understand they look at you and thinking oh what planet you fell off I, I, I don't get that and it's like Okay, <laughs> let's just leave it. <laughs> yeah, language is very powerful. The language we use with each other, but also the language with our own self-talk, don't we? You know, we have this chat, oh, yeah. internal, internal chat, and you said about overthinking and so on. And we have an idea which would come to us intuitively and with feeling, and then our logical mind takes over and says, "Oh, shall I shan't? I? Oh, no, I don't. No, no, I don't think so." And then you talk yourself out of something. Um, and it's it's interesting. Sometimes you can watch and you can physically see people's behaviour changing from from an, um, a passionate idea to them talking themselves out of it. Yeah. Talk about your book. So your book is called You Are Enough. Yeah. Uh, what are, What are the key messages um, apart from the obvious in the title? But uh, any, anything else in there? It basically lets you know that I um, escaped from home. I made. Um, and it goes down the route of my mission is to empower others to believe in themselves something that I too have had to learn and I believe that life is for living loving and enjoying so let's just be happy initially because of our past conditioning and experiences of abuse no matter what you've been through I believed I didn't deserve to be happy like a lot of us do yes yeah Absolutely. Now I run my own business, uplifting others and motivating others. 
and to inspire them because that's that's why we have these I don't want to say stories but we do but it's up to us whether we change our own story yes yeah absolutely again awareness acceptance um, and action so three a's taking action it's all very well being aware of stuff um and accepting but if we don't do anything about it we don't take any action we're still no further on in fact we're going backwards effectively aren't we Mm. Mm. so how do people get hold of you susie um linkedin's really good for me to be fair Uh, i also have a couple of groups on facebook one's emotional fitness um we've got an event coming up on the 10th of april which I've collaborated with others um, to do Vibrate Higher, which is a free event, which I'll be, um, I'm not very good at advertising really, so I'm gonna put the links up, that, that's all I can say for that. Um, and that's how I do, I'm really old school. You know, if you need a website, I haven't got a website or anything, I used to have them, but I'd rather DM me, I'll get in touch. You know, that's how I work. You know, I'd rather send you a message. I'd rather pick up the phone and give you a call. It's very much that way. And um, that's me. Okay. So for the benefit of listeners, because um, not everybody's going to be watching this. So can you spell your name then and where they can find you on LinkedIn? Okay. It's Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, Wellstead, as in W E L. S-T-E-A-D. I'm on LinkedIn and that would be under Susie Wellstead. I'll be on Facebook. Um, I've got two groups on Facebook. One's called Susie Sunshine. You have to be mindful. There's quite a few Susie Sunshines, to be fair. And there's also uh, emotional fitness classes, um, which is a group on Facebook as well. And I do a few lives in there so you can have the experience of letting go. And... um, um, Okay, and how do people get hold of your book? Where Where is your book on sale? Um, that's on, yeah, that's um, Amazon. It's all done through Amazon. Um, I'm sure I've, I have a link for it in one of my pages. I can I can send you over the link, but I'm, I'm sure we did send the link. Um, cool. And that's from Amazon. So you just purchase it from, I think it's about seven, eight pound, I'm, I'm unsure. And uh, yeah, that's how you can get the book. Can you just show the picture of it on the screen here for those people watching on, on video? Cool. Can you oh, see that's that? Nice, nice yeah. front. Yeah, so Telephone Box, You Are Enough by Susie Wellstead. Just yeah. be you. Fabulous. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And plus, if you think about it, and I started at 17, I was in a telephone box ringing Samaritans. So it's very, very, and it's the old-fashioned telephone box, isn't mm. it? Well, we hardly see them nowadays, but yeah. So, uh, and then the back just tells you a little bit about um, when I went, you know, what had happened and it, a little bit about it. it I know when it, I first brought it out, a lot of people interviewed me and I did a lot of podcasts for people and they were saying, that we can tell you've been through something, Susie, but you don't actually talk about it. And it's like, you've got a couple of examples in there. Do we really need to go down that route? You know, let's empower people. Mm-hmm. Let's let's give them the choice of you know. Exactly, we are, we are who we are because of the, what's happened to us. But we, let's not dwell on what's happened mm-hmm. to us. Let's look forward and inspire other people. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much for your time, Susie. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so so welcome. So um, yeah, 
I hope your listeners have enjoyed it and I hope everybody stays safe. Marvellous. All right. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.